Welcome to the SciDef Cybersecurity Podcast. I'm your host, Raymond Evans, and this is my co-host, Michael Fairweather. We're here to provide you with the cybersecurity news that matters to help you in the cyber realm. We are proud members of the Pod Bros Podcast Network. Check them out at podbros.com. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 11 of the SciDef Cybersecurity Podcast. We didn't have an episode this previous week due to some technical difficulties that we ran into, but... We're here this week with an all-hacking team episode and a special Mr. Robot giveaway. Mr. Robot giveaway. We will be giving the key to our puzzle on this episode. So keep listening and keep an ear out for that key. So for those of you who haven't been paying attention to the news lately, it's kind of hard not to pay attention to this story specifically because it's been all over the news. A Milan, Italy-based company who is known for selling surveillance and spyware tools, has recently been hacked. Ironically, the name of this company is Hacking Team. Well, you need to tell people exactly what you do. Yes. I think they, I think they hit it really hard right there in the, the title of their name. Like, hey, marketing team, what should we do? Hacking Team. Done. Marketing over. Give me money, please. On the weekend of July 4th, there was a massive breach in their system where 400 gigabytes of data was exfiltrated. They're not saying the exact time and date that the attack occurred on that weekend. However, due to the fact that the 400 gigabytes was downloaded and then uploaded all over the internet on July 5th, it's safe to say that the majority of the attack occurred on July 4th. A lot of people are speculating as to how this attack occurred. No definitive word has been said by hacking team as to how the hack it occurred. However, people have been coming through the data of what has been exfiltrated, and there are some quite embarrassing things that have come out. And some of these things could have directly attributed to the attack. For example, they had passwords that were extremely weak. Um, you may ask how weak? Well, one of the passwords was password. Yeah. The A had a four. Yes. Um, don't do that, people. <laughs> If somebody performs a rainbow attack, which is a password brute force attempt where a person uses a list of known passwords against your login, they will get in with a password that week. Any variations of the word password will be on a rainbow table list. It's absolutely basic attacker 101 to try every variation of password because people like easy passwords. You know what could have stopped? This attack probably from occurring a passphrase. We've talked about that before. Not to use a password, but a long phrase or just anything more complex than password with a four. I think that was our security tip two weeks ago, actually. Episode 10 was use a passphrase. Yeah, it was. So so the week before, we should have, you know what, we should have sent hacking team an email that they could have changed their stuff the week before. And these, these were passwords that could be used to SSH into the servers. That is. That's so bad. You might as well just have one, two, three, four. So because of the immensity of this attack, we're kind of going to go through a timeline today and talk about all the different things that occurred and talk about some some takeaways from this. Some of the good, some of the bad, some of the crazy, such as really bad password usage. Among other things. July 4th, as we said before, the attack began. Then 
on July 5th, 400 gigabytes of data was spread via torrents. This data included audio recordings, emails, documentation, invoices, and then the attackers went and uploaded all the source code via GitHub. On July 6th, hacking team's Twitter was compromised, and the attackers posted a tweet stating, help, we're being attacked, and had a picture that was kind of proof of the attack that was going on. The attackers then continued to tweet various bits of information from documentation for a good couple hours afterwards. It's basically everything from June 24th until July 8th was deleted. So they deleted that. The the July 8th tweet says, it has been a a busy few days, but we are posting updates on this feed and over at this other link, um, which is their hackingteam.com website. The hacking team engineers are working around the clock to provide an update to the remote control system that will allow clients to resume criminal and intelligence investigations. Also on July 6th, researchers started combing through all of the data. And in this data, they discovered a huge client list, which included some oppressive regimes, some of which uh, hacking team had adamantly denied having ties with. There was a very interesting um, country that was on that list as Sudan, where they basically came out and said, no, we we don't deal with them, we haven't sold with them. And then there was an email that was produced from that list that showed how to wire transfer the money from Sudan into Hacking Team's account. A tune of about 480,000 euro. They had also performed a demo for a Bangladeshian death squad. In May, the hacking team representatives traveled to Dhaka in Bangladesh, and they demonstrated the company's spy technology at the headquarters of Brutal Parliamentary Security Agency that is known for torture and killing. That seems about right. So not only are they providing their software to legitimate governments who are using it for the purposes of doing things such as, you know, catching drug cartels and trying to keep, you know, their people safe, but they're also selling it to death squads. Um, They had come out before and stated that, you know, they vet their clients and they, you know, they go through this whole human rights process and stuff. They have a pretty terrible processing for vetting their clients if they're selling to Bangladeshian death squads. No, but it's cool. We made sure they were the good guys. They were the nice uh, guys in the death squad, not the not the evil ones. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's all I have to say for that. You know, there, there's not much to see, yeah, you could say about a company who's saying, you know, we're doing X, Y, Z, and then internal emails come out and they're not doing X, Y, Z. They're they're doing whatever they want. You know, they're they're essentially being cowboys here. Also, the last bit of information that came out July 6th was uh, Phineas Fisher came forward as the attacker. So Phineas Fisher had stated that they will write up how the hacking team got hacked once they've had some time to fail at figuring out what happened and go out of business. So they're going to reveal how they got in just, you know, after hacking team completely shuts down. But do you think they'll shut down? A lot of people are speculating that they won't due to the fact that their software works so well. Yeah, I, I have a I have a feeling about that. Even if it's, let's say, that hacking team as we now know it, the, the company, the entity as we now know it shuts down, I, I have a feeling that that will just, it'll just be a name change and a shift to a new, you know, it won't be hacking team anymore. It'll be, uh, 
the hacking team. I don't know. It'll be it'll be some different name with a lot of the same people. Hopefully with better business practices. I doubt that. That's <laughs> true. I said uh, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. However, based on the internal emails and documentation that has come out, they they had documents such as um, client lists with notes next to certain clients saying we do not officially sell to them. So internally they said, Hey, we sell to these guys, but if anybody asks, we don't officially sell to them. If they were to come back as a legitimate company, they would basically have to fire everybody in their company. But when you try and keep your story straight, isn't it best to have some kind of, um, you know, documentation so you know what your official story is, but their official story is a lie. (laughs) That everybody in the company was agreeing to lie about. Right. I'm just saying, you. I mean, if you, I would put notes next to it just so I know what my official story is as well. Okay. I don't sell to them. I don't sell to them. I got it. I read it, and now I'm saying it. And then you go and process the payment from them. And then you say, thank you for the money. That's exactly what was happening. Yes. So again, um, if they were to come back as a completely legitimate company and doing legitimate practices, they would pretty much have to fire everybody. They would. They really would. So I I really don't see them. Like I said, I I can see them coming back as a different company. There might be a few people who are the same. I'm sure there are people in the company who either didn't see what was going on or were not a part of what was going on in the capacity that they were. I'm, I'm sure the guys that were out there actually, you know, creating the vulnerabilities and working towards that weren't thinking, oh, I wonder who we're selling this to. That's that's kind of, you know, the hands-on guys aren't going to be the guys selling stuff. That's a that's a completely different organization or part of the organiza- organization. Oh, you mean the hands-on guys that wrote backdoors into their own software? Yeah, those guys. That identified the backdoor as backdoor in the code? That that would be the uh that would be the hands-on guy, yes. But yeah, yeah, those guys are they're completely legitimate. It seems like a legitimate reason or a legitimate thing. <laughs> so with all of that being said, the mounds of information that has been uh, released and, and combed over and looked through in the last few days. On July 7th, a previously unknown Adobe exploit was found uh, by researchers who are actually going through the data, uh, which is pretty significant. Um, there were actually several unknown zero-day exploits that Hacking Team had been using and had uh, developed. It was suspected that the exploits existed among the files because they're perfect for infecting users' computers the, uh, with the RCS. Yeah, the first one that was released on July 7th was an unknown Adobe exploit, and it was CVE 2015-5119. Adobe has since patched that exploit to keep users safe. However, some damage was still done from that exploit. Yeah, the um, that vulnerability actually could cause the system to crash and then allow an attacker to an attacker to take full control of the affected system. Um, so update your Adobe right now. Anybody listening, update Adobe. That's yeah. a good takeaway. Actually, a lot of people have been suggesting to even, you know, disable Adobe right now to d- disable the the Adobe Flash Player on your on your browser while this thing is going on to make sure that there's not something else out there as well. That is actually really good advice considering what was discovered on July 10th, which we will get to. There's more? There's more. There's a couple of days more. Every single day has been a holiday this week for researchers. (laughs) 
every time I get online, there's like five new articles. And this is what happened. This is what we found. With 400 gigabytes of data, you can't get away from it. Right? It's fantastic. All day, every day. Every day. Every day. All that's day. A to, that's a shout out to uh, Bradshaw. So yeah, that was found on the 7th. As we said, Adobe did release a patch for that zero day. So since the release of all of this information, the 400 gigs of, of data and uh, all the emails and stuff, um, Hacking Team actually asked its customers to stop their operations, basically stop using stop using the software that we gave you. Um, but if you look at the files that were in there, there's a uh, they had a thing that was called a crisis procedure. They had the the backdoor um, actually in every customer's software. I'm giving it the ability to kind of suspend or shut down the processes without even the customers knowing knowing about it. But they also had um, watermarks, and if you look at it, and that was on the Teams, uh, the Galileo software that had the watermarks, which means that uh, hacking team and now everyone with access to this to the data dump uh, can find out who operates it and who they're targeting it with. Basically, they're they're opening everybody that's using the software or has been attacked by the software to be uh, tracked, which is a wonderful thing if you think about it. Because, you know, when you hack somebody, you want to be tracked. You, you want to be able to tell people that you did it. Because that's all. That's what all hackers want to do is, you know, divulge that they did it because all hackers are in it for the glory. Oh, absolutely. It's, uh, you know, if, if you hack somebody, the first thing you want to do is go stand on a street corner and go, I hacked this person! Just, you know, yelling as loud as they possibly can or, you know, go do it on Twitter or something. Or you want to yell the the most famous hacker slogan out there, which is also, for those who, who've been listening and waiting for this, the key to the Mr. Robot giveaway, which is hack the planet. Hack the planet. If you can figure out what cipher we used for our cryptography puzzle on our website sidef.com backslash giveaway you will use that key to decipher the text have fun and happy hacking all right so moving on to what else happened july 7th july 7th man july 7th was a busy day for these guys so also during this time while everything was coming out about the exploits the um the back doors, the watermarks, all of that. Um, Apple was actually pulling Hacking Team's developer certs from its site. The certificate that Hacking Team had um, gave it the ability to sign iOS and uh, OSX apps and distribute them internally to their employees. Um, it did not give the company uh, the ability to get signed apps into the App Store, but they did have the ability to have some kind of legit legitimacy um, with software companies by having quote-unquote signed apps. So were they trying to get malicious software onto their own people's devices? Or was this going to be software that they kept off of the app store that they then distributed to individuals? You know, that's, that's the big question there is what they intended to do with this cert. Well, the big thing they were it, it appears they were doing was at least for the time being not actually using the app store but but they were just, you know, distributing to internal users. Now, 
with that, if you had a jailbroken iPhone, then you could install that software to your phone without having to go through the App Store, going through the third-party um, application uh, stores that were out there for jailbroken phones. Um, you could actually install it at that point. Um, you could get it, find it, download it, um, and they could it actually could be distributed that way. But you would never be able to get it from the official Apple App Store. Um, so something we've talked about before, when you download stuff, download it from the official stores. They have they have their resources and stuff in place to help uh, mitigate any kind of malware and malicious uh, software that's out there. Yes, both Apple and Android are uh, coming through and, and vetting their their apps that they are putting up on their app store. Yeah. So personally, I understand uh, somebody's possible want or need to jailbreak jailbreak their phone. Um, I, I had to do it in the past when I was traveling overseas. It was the only way to actually be able to use my phone um, on their network at the time. Yeah, but let's be honest. A large majority of the people in the U.S. are jailbreaking their phones so they could get free Angry Bird. Well, yeah. <laughs> was it no Flappy Bird? A lot of people were doing it for Flappy Bird once they took it off. I remember thinking that was pretty funny. So, yeah, there, I mean, there's legitimate reasons to to do something like that. But if you're jailbreaking for any kind of legitimate reason, one, you're going to avoid any kind of warranty that you might have on there. But two, you're also opening yourself up to um, the possibility of malicious software. When you have those you know, jailbroken app stores that are out there, you don't have to vet what's coming through. You can just put whatever's on there. So, And, that's, and that seems like that's what the hacking team could have been doing there, was, was putting that out there for less than reputable stuff. And that brings us to July 8th now. Yes, so on July 8th, cybercriminals actually started using the Flash Zero Day exploit that was leaked from the hacking team. Wait, you mean that them hoarding exploits came back to bite average users? Yeah, and it took less than a day. That was quick. Yeah, that's a pretty quick turnaround. Um, it doesn't help that uh, hacking team actually had within the uh, the data that was exfiltrated ways in which to arm the Adobe Flash exploit. Essentially, it was here's the bomb, and here's how to use the bomb. Yeah. Oh, just do this. Here's all the pieces and parts, and here's how to put it together. It's like IKEA furniture. They give you everything. Yeah, this is making me love this company more and more every day. Like we said earlier, the uh, Adobe actually, you know, released the patch for this um, exploit, but there are still uh, several several programs out there that have integrated it. So if you haven't already updated, as we said before, update. For the people that haven't updated, um, there are three commercial exploit kits. They're known as Angler, Neutrino, and Nuclear Pack. And the way these tools work. Um, it actually leverages the uh, vulnerabilities in the browser plugin for Flash Player, um, also Adobe Reader, Java, or Silverlight, um, and, and it uses it to install malware on the computers. They're launched from compromised website or through a malicious advertisement. And it's actually it's it's interesting. It's one of the fastest documented cases of an immediate weaponization in the wild. Uh, and again, that's thanks to the detailed instructions left by hacking team. They they basically leaked the detailed README file that contained instructions on how it works and how to use it. Thanks, hacking team. Thank you. 
for everything you do. You know, I didn't want to put the wall of shame up because it felt felt kind of uh, trivial to put it up with one group on there. But I think it's time to put it actually up with, uh, you know, now Hacking Team and Sony, both with epic fails. Recently, recent epic fails. Yeah. So watch out for that because that's uh, it's coming up. Well, here's the thing. So in in both cases with Sony and the hacking team, it's been poor passwords. Again, it comes down to the users. The the humans in this case were the weakest link here. So in these emails that have been leaked, I'm not entirely sure what day this was. This one was discovered. It had been discovered that hacking team viewed many of its adversaries, main adversaries, as targets. And then also groups such as Human Rights Watch and Privacy International, they sent out emails warning that democracy advocates are putting pressure on governments and, you know, they, they criticized them and called them idiots and they said they're good at manipulating things and demonizing companies and people. So those were some interesting things that were found in their emails. Also, um, the fact that in one email, which was sent in the last month, there was an email sent out that unwittingly foresaw the future, joking and warning staff about the ramifications about the company's sensitive information linking online. And a, a direct quote from the email says, imagine this, a leak on WikiLeaks showing you explaining the evilest technology on the earth. Then it also said, you will be demonized by our dearest friends, the activists, and normal people will point their fingers at you. So they knew what they were doing was wrong. I mean, the internal emails here say, we know what we're doing is wrong. And if it ever comes out, you guys are going to have to explain yourself. Yeah. If only they had listened to their own advice. Speaking of WikiLeaks, that takes us on to July 9th. WikiLeaks created a database which allows users to comb through all of the released emails. Hmm. So self-fulfilling prophecy from the month before. And the data also on July 9th, it was discovered that Mexico was their top client. I find that very interesting that Mexico. So, so do I. Um, I would have thought that it would have been, you know, one of the countries that are embroiled in a lot of cyber events. I'm not calling out countries and saying that they're bad or anything, but, you know, there are a lot of hackers in certain areas of the world. I believe there's a, a city in Romania, I think it is. It's, like, considered the, the capital of hackers. So, you know, I would have expected somewhere like that to have been one of... Um, the, the top buyers or or even somebody who's a massive economic power, you know, like China or something like that to be one of the top clients. But to see Mexico as one of the top clients is a very, very interesting thing. Yeah. as Actually, now that you say that, um, China's not even on the list. Yeah, which makes it even more interesting. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that email just hasn't been found yet. They're yeah. still coming through and finding. But yeah, the fact that China's not even on there, Russia is on there. Um, but they are pretty low on the list. And on July 10th, FireEye discovered two more zero-day exploits for Adobe Flash. See, so we told you earlier in the podcast that we're going to come back to the reason why you should disable the Adobe Flash on your browsers. And the reason for that is because two more zero-day exploits were discovered by FireEye on July 10th. And those are CVE 2015-5122. And CVE 2015 5123. 
So if you have Adobe Flash enabled on your browsers, disable them because there are two more floating out there in the wild that we know will be weaponized and users will be hit by that. So don't get caught with your pants down. You've been warned. (laughs) And we will post in our show notes how to disable the Adobe Flash in your browser. So check out our show notes, disable your Flash, keep yourself safe. And finally, July 12th, Hacking Team released a statement saying that given its complexity, they think that the attack must have been carried out at a government level or by someone who has huge funds at their disposal. Because of the things that we've seen from this data leak, you know, we see that their passwords were very, very simplistic. I don't think that their statement is correct here. Um, I think they're trying to pass blame or they're trying to make themselves seem more hardened than they actually are. But password with a four as an A, it doesn't take um, somebody with massive funds at their disposal at all to run a rainbow table against an SSH server. Um, Especially if they don't have, you know, lockout set up after X amount of times trying to get in. If somebody just sits there with a rainbow table constantly trying, they're they're gonna get in and it takes no money. It's free. Yeah. <laughs> rainbow tables are free. You can find them all over the internet. So now July twelfth, they're trying to pass blame and trying to make themselves seem more hardened. They also stated that hacking team's investigation has determined that sufficient code was released to permit anyone to deploy the software against any target of their choice. So that's about all the info we have for you this week. Takeaways, don't do anything that they did. Have complex passwords, you know. Don't store all these exploits in zero days. Don't hoard them. You know, they they need disclose for a reason. People need to be able to patch them to keep users safe or else they're going to get leaked and then others are going to use those exploits to now attack individuals. Follow us on Twitter, at Cydef. That's at C-Y-D-E-F-E. Go to our website, enter the giveaway, get yourself a free t-shirt and a pair of sunglasses if you can solve our cryptography puzzle. The key of which? The key the of key. which is you should have listened to the entire episode. <laughs> Listen to our episode again if you missed it. Find the key, solve the puzzle, get a free t-shirt and free sunglasses. The puzzle can be found at sidef.com backslash giveaway. Do you have a network security tip of the week there for us, Michael? Why, yes, I do, Ray. <laughs> So, one of the easiest things that you can possibly do, besides having a, a passphrase, is to lock your computer when walking away from it. So, if you are on a PC, Control-Alt-Delete. Do that, lock your computer, and that way your information stays safe. If you have a Mac, then you should try Control-Shift and Eject or Control-Shift-Power. These will help uh, lock your Mac, or you can also put it into screensaver mode, and have that settings set up so that it automatically locks the screen when the screensaver is activated. Good tip there, Michael. I was your host this week, Raymond Evans, and he was my glorious co-host. Michael Fairweather. Stay safe. Keep your network safe. Have a week. Have a week. <laughs>